For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good day, everyone. This is Tony Moskal with your high school sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for everyone. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Hey, everybody. July is underway and a great month for sports. Baseball is in full swing. The second half just got going. You have the Dodgers, the Giants, or the Padres in the National League West. Who do you have in the American League East? Is it the Yankees? Heck no. The Red Sox, the Blue Jays. What about the NBA? Who do you got going where? Is Damian Lillard going to end up with your favorite team? Visit the website Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your sports book experts. This week, we hit the hardwood once again as I talked to one of the best female high school basketball players in the country. I've seen a lot of girls basketball over the years, and this young lady is absolutely one of the best, if not the best I've ever seen. Her list of accolades and awards is as long as the Pacific Ocean is wide. She was the 2020 John Wooden High School Player of the Year, is currently ranked number nine in her class by ESPN. I could go on and on, but that would take the entire time of this podcast. When I asked her coach, Melissa Hurley, if she's the best she's ever seen, she said emphatically, without a doubt. She is part of a tremendous recruiting class headed to Stanford to play for legendary coach Tara Vandiver. Kiki Iriafin, thank you for taking the time to join me here. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to join this podcast. May you have more awards and trophies then I, I don't know what to compare that to. You're just a phenomenal basketball player. Does, do you ever sit back and, and think, wow, I am that good? Or do you just, just try to keep working to get better? I feel like I downplay my success, and I feel like that's good for me. It helps me to stay on my toes and keep wanting to get better rather than be complacent with what I have already achieved. So I don't really take it like, oh, yeah, I am that good. I kind of just use it as like, I can get better. I can do more. So that's how I take those accolades. I, I read an article and it said that you did not play high school basketball or basketball at all until you got to Harvard Westlake. How familiar were you with basketball and how'd you get started? I did play a little bit in middle school. Um, I played a little bit towards the end of seventh grade, but I started getting into competitive like club basketball my eighth grade summer going into Harvard Westlake. So I had like very little background on how to play basketball. So my development really happened over the course of my four years in high school. And so little development and coach Hurley, he said in an article that when you were going through a workout, she peeked her head in and was immediately impressed with just your athleticism and everything about you. What do you remember about that first workout? I was very nervous. I was very shy. Um, I could barely make a layup with my left hand or right hand. 
um, it was a lot of getting my body under control, being able to move my body properly. So I just remember that workout being very nerve wracking, but I'm excited that, or I'm very happy that coach saw me then and that we were able to build this relationship and for her to help develop me into the player I am right now. Did it frustrate you that, you know, you're working out with these private coaches and, and somebody's in there watching you and, and you're not very successful. How did you deal with that thinking, wow, I'm not very good at this. Honestly, I just, I worked out every single day. I, I knew I wasn't the best. I knew I could get better. And people were always telling me like I had so much potential. So with that, I just worked out every day, practice during school, during my free time, met with private trainers outside of school. I just really put so much time and effort into getting better, which I think that helped me get over the frustration of me not being able to do what I wanted to do at the time. How quickly did you see improvement in your game? I feel like in three months, I was able to make a layup properly. <laughs> so I feel like three months, I was able to like, okay, I kind of understand the fundamentals of basketball a little bit better. I can play a game and look a little bit coordinated. Um, so I'd say like three months time is when I was able to like really play. Did you watch a lot of basketball to kind of get the idea and the feel for the game and the terminology and how everything works? Initially, I didn't really watch a lot of basketball. I watched like the NBA, WNBA here and there. But watching film wasn't a big thing until I actually got into Harvard-Westlake. And then our coaches made it like a big priority. So it was honestly just me working with trainers, not really seeing the game. But I can say that watching film has helped me now so much to like become a better player because you're able to see what other people are doing. You're able to break down the game in different ways than just like verbally hearing what to do. So film is a big part of my development now, but it wasn't so much when I first started. But did you like watch an NBA game or a WNBA game and, and say, oh, wow, okay, that's how that works. That's what this means. That's what that means. Mm -hmm. No, honestly, I, I just watched it for fun. Like I wasn't trying to break down like, oh, this person, this, I can try to do this. It was strictly for entertainment purposes at the beginning. What You are such an impact player and you've been an impact player since day one. What do you attribute that to? Um, I just, I'm very competitive. I really want to win. And I, on the court, I like to be like, no one's better than me. Or if you are better than me, I'm going to make it very hard for you to do what you want to do. So I just think that competitive drive, I'm the oldest of three. Um, so I'm very like competitive with my siblings so I feel like I just take that onto the court and I don't like to lose. I don't like anyone to be better than me. So I just kind of use that to push myself to work harder. Brothers or sisters are younger than you? I have a younger brother and then a younger sister. And do you play basketball with them and just absolutely dominate them and have, show them no mercy? Oh, of course. There's no mercy at all. Even when we play Uno games, there's no mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Cards go flying all over the place when you get a draw four, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. I also read that Coach Hurley was very impressed with your work ethic and independence away from the basketball court, because when you applied to Harvard Westlake, you did so on your own. You filled out the application all on your own. You're a 14 year old kid or 15 or however old you were. Why didn't you ask for help? Because most parents have difficulty doing that. Yeah, I've always just been very independent. And I kind of attribute that to being the oldest child. You kind of like you're like the little mom to your siblings. So I've always been able to do things myself. I feel like I've grown up a little bit faster and like been more mature than my peers. 
So when I did the application, I was just like, I'll do it myself and then have my parents look over it. They did contribute to my application, but for the most part, I wanted to be able to do it myself and say that I can do this myself. So it's just more of being independent, being able to do things on my own. Does that discipline then help you when you work out on your own? Because you say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to shoot baskets, or I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to work on my ball handling or weight training or running or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm very self-motivated, which I'm very grateful for. Um, because it is hard at times to be able to push yourself. It's way easier when you have someone else telling you what to do or you're trying to rely on someone. So I think my self-motivation has helped me get here. It's definitely tough at times to keep pushing through, but I'm just very independent and very self-motivated when it comes to my development and just things in general. So I think that's helped me in this process. I was talking to Terry Barnum and Coach Hurley, and they had this to say about you. When you're walking around campus, if you see somebody through a window or a door is open, you will walk in and say hello to that person and start up a conversation. Whereas a lot of people would just wave, walk by and think nothing of it. Why is that so important for you to do? Yeah, I think it's the way I was raised. My parents are very adamant about treating others the way you want to be treated and making someone's day. And especially when it comes to older people to just acknowledge them, show them respect and show them that they are valued. So I've just taken that since when I was little and just uh, taking it till high school and keep doing it as as I am now. Um, but I just, I love being able to put a smile on other people's faces and it honestly, it just makes everyone's day better. So I and love it, doing that. It costs nothing and takes nothing to make somebody else happy. No, it's like two seconds out of your day just to go say hello to someone. <laughs> and now being, you're going to be a role model. Um, if you aren't already where, you know, the young girls come up to you and they want to take a picture and all that. And it's got to be important for you to take the few seconds to just take that picture as it was when somebody probably did that with you when you were little. When did you realize you were so good? When was that aha moment for Kiki where you said, uh-oh, wow, I'm pretty good at this game? I think it was my sophomore summer going into my junior year. We It was during the Nike circuit in the summer, and I was like, wow, I can play amongst the best girls in the country, the girls on the USA team, the girls that are ranked one through 10 in their class. So when I saw that I was able to hold my own and really compete amongst them and kind of look similar to them, I was like, wow, I can take this game pretty far and I'm pretty good. Um, so that was like my aha moment. Like, wow, I can take basketball pretty far. What did you learn from playing against better competition when you were kind of, let's say, just the up and comer? Mm -hmm. Well, I know that everyone is very physical. Everyone works very hard and there's no like leniency at all. Like sometimes when you're playing against your friends in high school, you might not want to compete as hard, but it does not matter when you're playing against the top girls. They're all very strong, very physical, and they can pretty much do anything on the court. So it was amazing to learn from them and then kind of take aspects of their game like, oh, I want to be more competitive. I need to be more aggressive if I want to stay at this kind of caliber. So it was really important for me to play against better competition during those summer months so that I could become better myself. And you're at these tournaments that are, you know, weekends long or days long. Did you ever seek out anybody that you knew was a junior or a senior that was a top player and kind of pick their brain about, hey, how do you do this? That move you did on me where you scored. What did you do? How did you do that? 
Well, I had a lot of top players on my team. Um, there's one girl, Charisma Osborne. She went to Windward and is now at UCLA. Um, she was made the USA team my sophomore year, or my freshman or sophomore year. But she was a very big influence on me, just what she was able to do and play like no, so nonchalant, but like dominate every time she's on the court. So she was a big mentor for me. Um, when it comes to other girls on other teams, I wasn't really aware of who was who. So I mainly got most of my advice from the seniors on my team. How do you stay so grounded? Uh, I don't know. Prayer. <laughs> I'm very spiritual. Um, and I feel like I try to be very optimistic and just see the positive things, which helps me like stay calm and not get so anxious in certain moments. Um, and also I attribute, attribute it back to the way my parents raised me and just being a humble person and not trying to be too flashy, not trying to brag about anything. I'm just very reserved and like kind of keep to myself. But yeah. It's kind of like, don't tell other people how good you are. Let them tell you how good you are. Yeah. Like let your game and not even your game, let your character speak for itself. Did your parents play sports? Uh, my dad did growing up. He played soccer, basketball, nothing like too organized just for fun. Um, but he was the only one that really played sports. My mom didn't play any sports. You know, you are so talented. Many people get really complacent and say, hey, you know, I don't I don't really have to work that hard. When you were starting out, you're bigger than everybody. You're taller than everybody. It's easy for you to just get the ball, and make a layup. But that's not you. What drives you or what drove you at that point to say, I'm not going to take the easy way out. I'm really going to work hard to get better, even though it's easy for me right now. Yeah, I just I want to be the best. And at that time, I was striving to get into the best colleges to be recruited by some power five schools. So that was kind of motivating me. Like I want to become better than my competition so that those schools would be seeking me out. And then even now, like now I'm a freshman again, so I'm back at the bottom, have to work my way up again. But I'm just like, I want to be the best and not even just the best on the team, but I want to be my best player, like be my best self. So I think that self-motivation that we talked about just helps me continue to drive and strive to be a better player. I saw an interview you gave on social media about Harvard Westlake. What makes the school and the athletic program so special? Because you guys all around achieved so much success this year as a school. And why did you decide to, decide to attend there? Initially, Harvard-Westlake was just academics. My parents are very big on academics, which is another reason why I chose to go to Stanford. Um, and then the athletics were just a plus to that. So once I got into Harvard-Westlake, I was like, oh, my gosh, like the athletic program is amazing. Let me do basketball. And then another reason why I think Harvard Westlake is so successful is the people. Like the people are so like the faculty, they really care about us and they really care about us becoming better people, us being better with our academics. So I think that just kind of like close knit, not just a teacher to student relationship, but they really care about our development. I think that's very important to the success of our school. And that's got to help you kind of get more motivated because you've got a group of people around you that don't only care about you as an athlete. Oh, she's going to make our basketball program better. But now you are an ambassador for the school as you move your life forward. And that's got to be a real big reason why a lot of people go there as well. Yeah. Like even now, I still represent Harvard Westlake, even though I'm an alumni. And I know I have so many people supporting me on my basketball journey and just supporting me in life. So it's really nice to know that I always have that family I can come back to.
And even though you haven't gone back yet, but when you do go back, it's going to probably be a pretty special thing for you because you're going to go see your old coach, the old faculty, and you're going to get to talk to the, the present basketball team that's there right now who, all look, who are all going to be looking up to you and want to ask you questions. Yeah. I'm really excited to go back. <laughs> yeah. And, and I know a lot of people are, the alumni, and that's what makes schools great is the alumni network and, and people coming back to talk to those that are now coming up. Yeah. I've seen you play one time. And I was so impressed by your versatility. You play with your back to the basket. You can play outside. You're a defensive, just a monster on the defensive end. It seems that you just play 100% both ends of the floor, while sometimes top players give less than 100% maybe on the defensive end. Why do you go 100% when maybe in a league game against a lesser opponent, you may jog down the court or you know take a little playoff here or there? Yeah, I attribute the defense part because everyone loves offense. I attribute the defense to Coach Herlihy and then my co my club coach Brian Critchlow. They are very adamant about defense and defense wins games. So the biggest thing for me was to become better defensively, to move my feet quicker because I wasn't always like a really good defender. Um, and then I've also been able to use defense when I'm not doing as well offensively or the way I'd like to use defense to get that momentum back, use defense to help my teammates get back up. And I feel like defense really drives the offense and gets the momentum. And then once that happens, everything starts sparking. Then we get on a run. So defense is actually super important. And that's something I wish I realized a lot earlier, but yeah. You get a rebound, you get a steal, and then that kind of sparks everything. And now your offense kind of gets in a rhythm. Yes. Is, is, have you found it that way? Yes, yes. And I feel like I've realized that this past season. And it's going to help everybody on the team because if they see you, the team leader, doing it, giving 100%, then, you know, little Susie, the, the seventh person off the bench is going to come in and give 100% because during a long season, you're going to need everybody to step up at least once to win a game. Yes. Where have you improved the most in your game and where do you think you need to improve to make an impact at Stanford? I think my aggressiveness and my defense has gotten a lot better since when I first started. Um, I've always want to work on everything, even the things that I'm good at, but the biggest things I want to work on my three point shot, be more consistent with that, um, work on my face ups a little bit more and make sure those are consistent things that I can do, not just here and there. Um, so I'd say those two things are the biggest things that I'm working on to become better for Stanford. What's the most fun part about practicing? Because, you know, it's that, okay, here we go again. I got to go to practice. I got to work on my own. What do you find that motivates you when you go out on your own? I think thinking long-term is what helps because it's definitely tough getting up every day, like, doing the same routine you kind of get in like a roadblock of like the same thing every single day so i think me thinking of what why am i doing this what is the purpose of me doing this that kind of is like okay that reminder like yes it sucks that i'm doing this right now i'd rather be sleeping or being with my friends but when i think about the long-term goals that i have then i'm like no like this is where i need to be right now you played against some very tough competition and i heard you say after the linwood game uh, that the talking back and forth, I believe, with you and Rhea a little bit, that she was kind of talking a little bit. But you said, I think it was to Tariq Fatal, that it's just not part of your game. You're just going to let everybody else talk, and you're just going to play. Mm -hmm. 
Well, the talking was actually with one of her teammates. Ray and I are pretty good friends, so we kind of mess with each other here and there. But I'm not really the biggest talker. I'm just like, okay, if you have something to say, that's fine. But, like, I really like – I feel like the best way to get someone back is by dominating, like dominating against them, not, like, really shut someone up to say <laughs> literally. Um, so I, I don't really engage in the back-and-forth talking. What was it like between you and Rhea? Because obviously you're going to be playing against each other for the next four years. And and you guys kind of, you know, kind of took it to them that day. What was going on on the floor after? Because she looked frustrated and you just had a monster game. What were you guys saying to each other? Well, we were just like messing with each other. So she'd shoot a three in my face. She'd be like, come on, Keeks, like you can't play defense. And then I'd go on her and be like, Rhea, come on, what happened to blocking shots? So it's just like little little fun banter back and forth. Nothing like malicious or malintent or anything like that. Stanford's recruiting class. Um, you were recruited by, uh, I don't know, the, the blue bloods of women's college basketball. Notre Dame, UConn, Baylor, UCLA. You want to see who's won the national championship the last 20 years? It's those schools. What was it like for you to go through the process with the pandemic in right in the middle of it? Yeah, it was definitely tough um, with the pandemic, but I will say I'm very lucky and blessed that I kind of narrowed my list down before the bulk of the pandemic started. I know a lot of my peers, they weren't able to get recruited as much because of the pandemic, um, but it was tough. I was working on my applications during the pandemic um, so it was hard to be able to go back and forth with the schools. I wasn't able to do any visits to school. So it was kind of like, I've only been to the California schools like UCLA and USC. So everything else was online and like Zooms and stuff. So I was, I had to be able to make decisions from that and not being able to be on campus. But for what it, for what it's worth, I think that it went as smoothly as it could be given everything that was going on. Because it's kind of difficult for a coach to show you around campus on a Zoom. They're walking around with a laptop going, hey, here's the building. Here's the gym. And That's exactly how it was. <laughs> that's got to that's be crazy. Um, you know, Stanford's recruiting class is, is a phenomenal class. Um, you and Brooke Dimitri, I, th I hope I said that right. Mm -hmm. You played against each other and you've played against each other. What's that like that now you're playing against somebody and knowing in the in the year you're going to be playing with each other, what was the banter like between you two the, the few times that you played? Well, I feel like Brooke and I are both kind of quiet, so we didn't really go back and forth on the court, but I know she wanted to make sure she dominated when she played against me, and I wanted to make sure I dominated when I played against her. And then also it was going to be like our last time like ever playing against each other, so I guess we both wanted to make the most of it and really like work hard and show like why we are both Stanford commits, why we are going to such a prestigious school. And I think that made it fun though, being able to, okay, this is going to be my teammate in two months, but right now we're, we're on the different teams. So I think that made the game more fun for me. Compare yourself to her. What do you guys, what does this recruiting class bring to the table? Mm -hmm. Brooke is like more of a high post three point, player and then I'm like more in the low post inside the key so I think that'll really benefit Stanford because we can do a lot of high low stuff if you try to stop Brooke then I'm over here on the block you try to stop me Brooke's over there at the top of the key so I think we have a really good dynamic going on and I think that'll be very beneficial for the team and the rest of your class how how in touch with them have you been 
yeah, we've been practicing a lot together. We have a point guard coming in who can shoot from like the half court line. And then we have a girl from Greece who plays on the wing and she is very long and tall and she can score at like all three levels. Coach Hurley, he has been in this business a very long time. And she and I met many, many years ago when I was a very bad, unsuccessful basketball coach. <laughs> what has she meant to you and what have you learned from her? Not only basketball wise, but just as, as being a, a great female role model. Yeah, I've learned so much from Coach Hurley. He, so much I don't even know how to put it into words. But her biggest thing is not even about basketball. It's about preparing us to be young women in the real world. So she's very adamant about us being able to take care of ourselves, us being independent, not depending on anybody. And then also us being able to push through adversity. Um, so for instance, when it comes to practices and we have all this schoolwork and how are we going to be able to push through? Are we going to complain about stuff or are we going to find a way to know, be like, you know what, it's already happening. How am I going to get through this? So she's been amazing to me. We have a really great relationship, which I'm so excited to continue on even after me graduating um, Harvard-Westlake. But she just means a lot to me. Like she is family. And she's been that way for so long. And I'm sure that so many people think that way about her. And the importance of having somebody like that, that, that is such a positive role model in your corner for the four years that you were at Harvard-Westlake. Yeah. Well, last thing before I let you go, and I want to thank you for taking the time to do this. I, I look forward to watching you play. My, my daughter was a college athlete. My wife was a college athlete. Um, a friend of mine is at UCLA, Pam Walker. I'm sure she tried to get you to, to, go to, to go to UCLA. She's been a friend for 30 years. But I want to ask you five just basketball-related questions that are really not related to basketball. Okay. <laughs> what is your free throw routine? Okay. My free throw routine, routine is I spin the ball. I dribble it two times. I hold it, look at the basket, and then I shoot it. <laughs> okay. What is your pregame routine? Pre-game, I always have to eat a banana. I pray right before I get on the court. And then I just listen to some pumped up music while I'm getting ready before I get on the court. And that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> okay. You're putting on your shoes. Do you go sock, sock, shoe, shoe, or sock, shoe, sock, shoe? No. Sock, sock, shoe, shoe. <laughs> it has to be like that. <laughs> Left foot or right foot first? Right foot first. <laughs> okay. Is there somewhere when you're traveling on the bus that you have to sit? Yeah, I typically sit in like the back. I want to say third to last. And I always sit on the right side of the bus. That's where I sit usually. And and your pregame music. Any artist in particular that you listen to? Oof. Um, I listen to some Drake, but usually it's like kind of whatever's been out during that time. And but I'd say mostly Drake, mostly Drake. Okay. Um, Kiki, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I, as a sports fan and as a basketball fan, I, I look so forward to watching you compete at the next level. And, and you know, they, Stanford won a national championship last year. So, hey, yep. you know, who, who doesn't want more jewelry on their hands, right? We're trying to do back-to-back. -back. Let's go. <laughs> that, would, that would be awesome. Well, I thank you for taking the time to do this. I I wish you nothing but continued success. It was a pleasure for me to get to meet you. And now I can't wait to watch you compete at the next level. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This is really cool. <laughs> All right. Well, I'd like to thank Kiki again for doing this. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Um, you know, keep, keep your masks on if you're doing it. If you're doing that, get your shots. 
And thanks for listening again. Until next time, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.